the Space Brothers have been known to work on Earth, staying anywhere from a couple hours, weeks, months, years, even lifetimes. They're often working in advisory roles, never in leadership roles. And they could be working in scientific, diplomatic, economic fields, and helping out governments as well. And the governments don't even know who they are. For a, a good example of this would be the Berlin crisis back in the early 60s, where the tensions were so great, could have led to nuclear war. Featuring Boston's Cindy Bruder, revealing that UFOs are advanced human visitors with solutions for us. In response to the growing voices of an awakening humanity, we bring you evidence that divine help is at hand to work with us to create a hopeful future that works for everyone. Welcome everyone to another episode of Planetary Makeover. This one is a return episode in a way. Some of you may recall a year ago we did an episode called Humanity is Throughout the Cosmos. And I did that with my old friend and longtime student of the Aegis Wisdom Teaching, Cindy Bruder. And we hope to delve into the subject even deeper this time. Welcome, Cindy. Thank you. Glad to be here. And we are glad that you're back. And given that we're on a roll, we'll probably have even more UFO shows. But we, and we thought we'd start with something a little closer to home and talk about some of our own experiences or favorite stories connected to UFOs. Myself, I've always been fascinated by them from the time I was a child. But it was the press release by Share International in 2008, December, I believe, that really got the ball rolling. And so I began scanning the skies last week of December and didn't see anything until around New Year's Eve when I finally spotted a light in the sky that did not look like the moon or any of the stars. Started taking pictures and got some good feedback on that and have been doing it ever since. That was over 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. And since then, since then, um, I've also been clued into the idea that sometimes they will disguise themselves behind clouds. And that's something to look for, too. But before I go into any more stories, let me turn it over to Cindy and if, see if she has any to share with us. Oh, thanks, David. Um, I've been interested in UFOs for as long as I can remember. Um, I had a couple of close friends that you know, saw UFOs or had an encounter with one at one point. Um, so I've always been fascinated by them. And uh, since then, since this information from Share International has come out, I have seen, um, one, you know, one of the UFOs in the sky as it's blinking. Um, haven't seen a lot of crazy movement, but I'm sure I will at some point. That's great. Well, that's that's more than a lot of people have seen or more than a lot of people have noted and acknowledged and realized what it was that they were looking at. Now, of course, we know this has been going on for many thousands of years, and there are pictures, paintings throughout history that chronicle this. But bringing it to the modern day, we know that there has been an uptick in appearances since the mid-20th century. And a curious, peculiar lack of cooperation from the governments around the world, particularly our own, in regard to this phenomena that people are so excited about, so hungry to hear about, and would love to get whatever information shared with them that the government has. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about that whole phenomena? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, as as we know, you know, the UFOs have been here for 
centuries. You know, we can see the the um, uh, the lines down in Peru, and we see cage cave paintings, and you know, we've seen uh, religious photo uh, pictures with UFOs in the background, stuff like that. Now, more modernly, um, you know, we've had the uh, UFO disclosure project, and I believe it's Mr. Gear or Greer um, that's been involved with that. And he's been advocating for a long time for the um, governments to come clear, you know, come forward, come, you know, make this information known. In the very recent past, the past couple of years, you know, Brazil was one of the first countries that, you know, released information from their um military files uh, a few years back you know um, England threw up a bunch of stuff says well here's a bunch of reports we don't know what they are they don't seem to be dangerous for us but here's a bunch of reports and you know and more recently um, the past year the U.S. government has released a number of um, military videos and and different things that you know kind of show the phenomena of ufos moving very quickly through the sky and you know changing direction and everything else and uh, so this seems to be plenty of evidence out there but nobody really knows or understands what's going on so we've had a lot of cover-up you know from the governments and denial and you know craziness to try and um downplay the little green men you know <laughs> I was thinking, too, of yet another angle, going back to the era that you described, late 40s, early 50s, where we think that part of the reason that there was increased UFO activity was because of our use of nuclear weapons and the fact that we might be able to destroy ourselves. And we can get more into that later. But our understanding is, is there were stories of contactees, you know, including famous ones like George Ademski, who wrote, you know, Inside the Saucers, um, and uh, Flying Saucers of Landed, and so on, um, along with his friend um, Desmond Leslie. And that the Space Brothers were giving information to the contactees, which paralleled a lot of what we hear from our great teachers, something we can get more into depth later, about right relations, peace, justice, love, and that this information was shared with the public, who just ate it up and loved it, but the governments, particularly, say, the U.S. Mm -hmm. and the other allies and Russia and China, were getting involved in the Cold War. And the message of the Space Brothers was antithetical to the message that the governments were putting out. And it interfered with their ability to promote the Cold War and military spending and all the profits that that brought. So they started their disinformation campaign to discredit the contactees, to disparage the reputation of the Space Brothers, because it seemed to run counter to their efforts to continue with the military-industrial complex and their war efforts. So given this governmental suppression that you have um, gone into detail about, Cindy, what about today? You started to talk about that. Tell us a little bit more about what's coming out today now that the lid has come off of the secret. Well, we still don't understand, um, or the governments don't understand where the UFOs are coming from or why they're here or anything, and they can't defend against them, you know, because obviously the technology is superior. Um, so the governments, you know, are kind of throwing up their hands. They don't quite know what to say or what to do. And they're like, mm -hmm. so the consequently, there's been a lot of disinformation. And, you know, now, like I said, the uh, the countries are starting to put information out or open up some of their files so that we can see some of the reports and see some of the videos. And, you know, a couple of the videos that were released by 
the U.S. government, we're pretty phenomenal. So that's kind of cool. Yes, and sometimes it seems as though the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. I can't remember exactly where I read it. It may have been in one of George Adamski's books, but they had said that, claimed that there was a space brother, which is the proper term for people who are listening, not aliens. Aliens is inaccurate because humanity is, as the title of our last show said, throughout the cosmos. Had appeared in Washington and went up and introduced himself to a policeman, told him who he was, and they uh, very calmly and coolly and, and let the government know, and they picked him up, took him to the Pentagon, and they had a discussion with him. And he also allegedly met with Eisenhower, President Eisenhower and Vice President Nixon, and told him what they had been telling contactees for years about some of their plans uh, for uh, what they'd like to propose to humanity, if humanity would be willing, you know, peace and sharing and justice and clean environment and so on. And the response they got from the U.S. government was, well, yes, that's nice. Um, we appreciate your feedback, but we'll go ahead and do it our way. And someone has made a short film about it called The Stranger at the Pentagon, something to get into another time. And so that's that's the quandary we find ourselves in today. And as I said, we were helped in getting the real picture because, as Cindy pointed out, the governments were either clueless or were obfuscating the facts from people like George, George Adamski and Desmond Leslie, his friend, and more recently, Gerard Artson. And I'm wondering if you could tell us just a little bit about perhaps, say, Gerard, Cindy. Um, there are several books that have been written. Um, Gerard Artson has been producing a couple of books the past few years on UFOs and, and their mission, stuff like that. Um, I know Benjamin Krem has written a book, UFOs and Their Spiritual Mission. George Adamski has also written a number of books. Those were um, quite a few years ago that talk about the inside of the spaceships and, and has some pretty phenomenal pictures that were in that book. There seems to be a thread running through these messages from uh, the Space Brothers and the early contactees in the mid-20th century and our own great teachers throughout history. And can you mention some of those parallels, Cindy? One of the things that uh, George Adamski had mentioned in his book was the uh, teachings of the Space Brothers and or their focus. And their focus was to indicate to us the importance, the oneness of humanity. We are all one humanity. Also, um, the need for justice, for sharing, for right relationships. We incarnate with the same group time and time again because we have karma to work out with them, right relationships. And uh, the other thing that is critical is peace. We need peace to be able to move forward as humanity, to be able to uh, grow in our spiritual growth, in our humanity growth is peace. But, you know, again, uh, right relationships, justice, sharing, peace, the oneness of humanity, those are so normal in a lot of the religious um, teachings of the great teachers in the past, you know, being Confucius or Jesus or Muhammad or Buddha. You know, they all express the same thoughts for humanity, the oneness of humanity, justice, right relationships, sharing, and peace. Yep, this is true. And I think it's fascinating that people are making the connection and e equally curious that some people did make the connection. And part of that is because the Space Brothers who we were talking about are thousands of years ahead of us technologically and spiritually and nothing to do necessarily with religion on their part they 
they don't seem to favor any one philosophy over another, but nonetheless, their teachings uh, make the parallels that you just described. So we talked about the mid-20th century uptick in UFO activities, and maybe we can get into that a little deeper. What was it, uh, Cindy, that alarmed our brethren that they felt that they had to come and, and talk to us about it so, so much more frequently, starting in the 1940s? Well, part of the reason that the Space Brothers are here is multi-pronged, actually. Um, they started making their presence more known, you know, in the past uh, half century plus, um, you know, probably for a number of reasons. One is because we're the shift in the energies. We're going from the age of Pisces into the age of Aquarius is a new set of energies. Uh, there's teachers that come to humanity periodically. So um, the Space Brothers are doing a lot of work in paving the road for uh, those teachers to come forward. Um, the other thing, too, is probably the ratcheting up of pollution in the world. Um, one of the things that the Space Brothers have been very instrumental in has been mopping up a lot of the pollution that we've created, regular pollution and nuclear pollution. We don't realize how detrimental those things are to ourselves and our bodies and, you know, other beings on the earth um, because we don't realize that there is more than the physical world. There's more than meets the eye. And yes, you touched upon something very important, Cindy, the nuclear issue. Now, I don't necessarily know what it was foremost in the minds of the Space Brothers to show up in increasing numbers in the mid-40s. If I knew that, I wouldn't be sitting here. But my guess is that the number one reason for that was mankind's harnessing of nuclear energy and subsequent misuse, start, mm -hmm. starting with the bombing of um, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, which I don't think that's what they intended. It's my understanding, I believe, from Ben's writings and perhaps also from Alice Bailey, that we got help from our own masters of wisdom assigned to this planet back then because the Allies and the Germans were neck and neck to produce the first nuclear bomb. And apparently the masters appeal to the lord of the of the world known i guess as sunat kumara also referred to in the bible as the ancient of days and asked if the edge could be given to the allies to prevent the axis of evil from winning the war that wish was granted we created the nuclear bomb first and we got the upper hand in the war, and of course the rest is history. However, afterwards, well, after we after we uh, created it, as I said, we dropped the bombs on civilian populations, and we also began using nuclear fission for power plants to light our cities. And this was in violation of natural law. We did this out of ignorance, not knowing that the splitting of the atom is really a violation of natural law, as I mentioned, and that the etheric planes of matter, which we touched upon briefly and we'll get into more, tell us that on the dense physical, we know nuclear power plants give off deadly radiation, which is stored, um, they claim safely, but as we know now, it's not but also on the etheric planes of matter, the four levels of matter above gaseous, nuclear power plants are giving off an extremely dangerous form of radiation, which is spiking the rates of Alzheimer's and autism and other autoimmune diseases across the globe. It's the most dangerous form of pollution, which I know you alluded to earlier, 
and needs to be reined in. I guess the idea is we need to shut down all the fission nuclear power plants yesterday. So I think this is part of, in addition to what you said, got their attention. And since then, they've been trying to gently get that message across throughout the Cold War and, and so on. And speaking of the Cold War, um, can you tell us a little bit about how they helped out everyone from JFK to George Bush? You're talking about the Space Brothers and, and the help that they've given behind the scenes. Um, a couple of different ways that they've given us humanity help. Uh, one has been mopping up pollution, especially the nuclear radiation. We have no clue how dangerous that is to us. Uh, David talked about uh, the different levels of physical matter. Now, in science, we learned about solid, liquid, and gas, you know, as manifestations of the physical world. What we aren't as familiar with, and our instrumentation doesn't quite detect this yet, is the other four layers of the physical world, the etheric layers. Those are the ones that we can't see. So if you have a friend who can see auras, they are beginning to see those other etheric levels if they see you know, somebody's aura. Or if you've heard of argon machines and stuff like that, that deals with those levels. The thing about the nuclear radiation is that it really does damage at those higher physical levels, those etheric levels that our instrumentation is just so crude, you know, that we can't detect it. We don't know that we're doing the damage that we're doing. The UFOs are very instrumental in mitigating and uh, eliminating some of that. They can't take care of it all. It's, it's our house. We have to clean it, ultimately, um, and we're responsible. But, you know, we're also clueless. So they are definitely helping us up, out by mitigating some of the pollutions, some of the nuclear radiation, so that otherwise we'd all be all be gone by now if the, if that was allowed to uh, continue unmitigated. Since a picture is worth a thousand words, I'd like to show you some great UFO footage that um, we've encountered. Here is a video of a flotilla of UFOs over Guadalajara and Guadalajara in June of 2014. You can see there's hundreds of UFOs. There have been videos similar to this that you can find, you know, on YouTube or on the internet that just show incredible things with that the UFOs are busy flying around and entertaining us, although that's not really what they're doing. <laughs> They're doing work for humanity and uh, mopping up pollution, creating the crop circles, and just paving the way for a smoother transition for humanity. Here is a video from 1989 that actually shows crop circles being made. In the video, we can see a couple of balls of light hovering over the cornfield. And as the balls spin around, you can see the crop circle being formed in the, in the uh, field underneath the UFOs. These are probably little scout ships from the big one. So, Cindy, let's talk a little bit about the government suppression of the facts about UFOs? Well, while the uh, governments have been in denial for, you know, a lot of years, obviously, since, uh, oh, Area 51 and, you know, that kind of thing, there's been a lot of misinformation, disinformation, 
that the governments have put put out because they couldn't explain, you know, why these UFOs were here and what they were here to do. And, you know, we have no military way of resisting them. So the governments, I think, have gone into a little bit of a or had gone into a little bit of a panic mode and they just figured they deny it and cover it up and ha 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 little green men you know make uh make fun of things to diminish really diminish the work that the um the space brothers have been doing for humanity which is unfortunate and you had pointed out to me how uh, brazil was one of the first to finally open up their files to the public and ask that the rest of the world do it which they haven't for the most part and then england and the U.S. lagged behind. Now we're doing a little bit of it, too. And it's just being received enthusiastically by the public. Another aspect of it that I had read about was that the messages that the Space Brothers were giving to the contactees about peace and cooperation, cleaning up pollution and an end to greed and so on, was at odds with the mindset of the Cold War. And for that reason, the United States in particular started a misinformation campaign or a degradation campaign where they tried to discredit the stories brought forth by the contactees that, of course, came from their encounters with the Space Brothers. So, um, going on, though our subject is the UFOs, um, our subject is our mindset, our story is really beginning with the story, the history of the people of Earth and their understandable fascination with this whole subject. And how at Planetary Makeover, we contend that the world is entering the age of Aquarius and an era of enlightenment and brotherhood. And so it makes sense that the people are finding their voice, and demanding answers, including on this subject of the Space Brothers. And while we have recordings of UFO sightings going back thousands of years, which we've talked about, paintings and drawings and, and documents and whatnot, um, the governments today, coming up today, um, have been at pains to keep this a secret and denied the presence of this craft. And now, as you pointed out, Cindy, that's starting to change. Even though for all these years, they were saying, not only don't UFOs not exist, but their occupants are rapacious aliens who are um, dangerous to humanity. But it appears as though the people themselves know better than the government and are demanding answers from those in power and that it's taken many millennia um, of human activity and interaction with the space brothers to reach this age and speaking of interaction with the space brothers um, what about that occurrence so many years ago 2000 years ago in fact that we refer to most of us as the star quote unquote of Bethlehem. Could you talk a little bit about that, Cindy? Sure. Um, one of the things that the UFOs are, one of their jobs uh, this time around is to, you know, create stars in the heaven to pave the way to um, open the door to the teachers coming. Um, the teacher of the teachers it goes by the name Maitreya. Um, so let's bring this back to its connection to the bigger picture. What is the connection between the Space Brothers and the Emergence? Um, who is the world teacher? And who are the masters? And who, who are the Space Brothers? Uh, we live multiple lifetimes. Our vibrational rate increases, our consciousness expands as we go through our lifetimes. Um, 
Maitreya and the Masters of Wisdom are basically our older brothers and sisters. They have tread down this path uh, before we, before us. Um, we're basically barely in kindergarten and they're all graduated with their PhDs. The, you know, that's, I'm just trying to give you an, a little bit of an idea of just the difference. Um, they are humanity. They are our older brothers and sisters. They have gone before us. They've, you know, are, um, one of the things that happens is as our consciousness expands and we bring more and more light into ourselves and into our bodies, um, our vibrational rate increases, our consciousness expands, ultimately, ultimately we'll be able to be like them. We'll be able to walk on water, appear and disappear, turn, you know, water into wine, you know, that when we understand the difference between the physical, the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual aspects of things. Uh, but the UFOs have situated four UFOs around the world. This is very similar to the Star of Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, which was also a UFO and was used to help guide the three wise men to Jesus's birth. And... Um, now we're doing this, they're doing the same thing. There's four very large UFOs that are positioned worldwide so that everybody will be able to see, see them and see the star. Um, we've gotten some great pictures. David's taken some great pictures of them. I've taken a couple of videos. They are very good, but videos nonetheless of, of the star in the sky and it moving and it blinking. Um, our UFO stars now are very easy to, to find. I think I just look for a star that's got a mechanical blink because it changes color. It can change size. It can, you know, obviously move. So, you know, the, um, this is unique, you know, for our time is the, these UFOs situated to be similar to the Star of Bethlehem. That's right, Cindy. And 2,000 years ago, it was for the three wise man, men and a few people that saw it, where they could follow it and it moved and they could celebrate and meet and greet the one that would be overshadowed by the Christ in that era. And now in this time, as you pointed out, it's gigantic spacecraft, five football fields across that millions will see. And speaking of which, we want to, we will touch upon uh, during this show, the work of contactees, George Adamski, who wrote Inside the Ships and the Flying Saucers that Landed, and his friend, Desmond Leslie, who worked with him on one of those books, and also wrote one called The Amazing Mr. Lutterworth, which is a sort of thinly veiled fictional book, which was based on his information, his conversations with, his knowledge of the life of George Adamski, who discovered in time that he himself was originally from Venus. And this he revealed to Desmond. And these contactees and these, these space brothers who gave this information put forth a, as we talked about earlier, Cindy, uh, great teachings that mirrored our own great teachers, talking about peace, oneness of humanity, justice, peace, love, right relations, and the utter necessity for peace. And we, of course, as any casual observer could tell, are lagging behind the rest of the universe in this regard. Because we haven't grasped and applied these simple concepts, including those given to us by the Christ through Jesus some 2,000 years ago. And we can get more into the development of mankind a little later. So... Carrying on with that, 
Let's talk a little bit more about the mid-20th century uptick, uh, Cindy, in UFO activities and what we think prompted that. Uptick in UFO activity seems to correspond with actually a couple of things. One is our use of nuclear technology more and more and uh, the testing of, you know, during the the war you know the world wars and stuff like that of that nuclear um proliferation of bombs and things like that um the other thing that seems to uh prompt the the space brothers to be more active with us earth humanity is the coming forward of the teacher for our age um we've mentioned matreya but uh, there's so the two things are, you know, dealing with the pollution and, you know, helping pave the way for Maitreya. The other thing that the UFOs are or the, the Space Brothers are really instrumental at besides mopping up the pollution is they are creating or energizing the magnetic grid around the Earth. Um, we have seen these manifestations as crop circles. Uh, or very similar things to that. One of the things they're doing is they're, like I said, energizing the magnetic grid around the earth that will be used going forward in our technologies of light, our technologies of healing, our technologies of transportation, and and will um, come into play a lot in that space going forward. So all this information is coming forward Meanwhile, the governments responded in, in, with alarm and with disinformation campaigns, at least at first. And as I had um, probably mentioned, um, the message from the Space Brothers to the contactees was at odds with their message with, uh, for our need uh, for war, in this case a Cold War, and the need to finance that. And since the Space Brothers were talking about the opposite, thus the disinformation campaigns. And you mentioned, too, about the magnetic grid and that they are going to help manifest that on the dense physical, and we could use that for energy and whatnot. So I can see this is some of what all of this portends, and you've connected that to the emergence of Maitreya, the Space Brothers, with the age of Aquarius and with the birth of a new civilization. At this point, too, I'd like to recognize Benjamin Krem, who gave us so much of this information in the late 20th century and early 21st century. He is an author, an esotericist, and an artist. And we can see how this information has influenced his art, though he sacrificed much of his career to give this information about the emergence of the world teacher Maitreya and the masters of wisdom. Could have been one of the world's greatest artists, and yet he sacrificed his career to bring this information to us, which serves as the basis for much of our material. Now, you've already gone into, which is great, Cindy, um, your psychic ability is kicking in again. You've anticipated the next question and the, the next topic. You've mentioned the, uh, the, etho the etheric aspect of this whole phenomena and why nuclear radiation is so dangerous. And I just expound upon that by saying this is also spiking the rates of Alzheimer's and Alzheimer's and autism, as well as other autoimmune diseases across the board. And that's another reason why the, the nuclear fission is so dangerous, because as you pointed out, on the etheric planes of matter, the radiation that it's giving off is even more dangerous. Yeah. And, and that in time, we will gain a greater understanding of the etheric planes of matter, because more and more children will be born with etheric vision. And when this reaches a critical mass of a number of people that have this vision, then the public opinion, the public attitude towards etheric 
planes of matter and vision will finally shift. And um, you also uh, mentioned about some of the signs that have been created, some of the UFOs themselves, mm -hmm. and um, pics of these modern, modern miracles. Could you talk a little bit more, Cindy, about the crop circles and light patterns and so on? Certainly. Um, the, you know, as I mentioned, the Space Brothers are busy mopping up uh, pollution. Um, the other thing they are doing is creating these crop circles. And, you know, as a lot of people have seen these, some of the patterns of these crop circles are phenomenal. They seem to get more complicated. Um, they've discovered new geometry out of these as well. Uh, but they don't really mean anything that we're aware of other than to be calling cards, to gently nudge humanity and say, hey, we're here, you know, um, we're helping, we don't be afraid, because uh, they will not infringe on our free will and they certainly don't want to put fear into humanity. So they're kind of doing stuff subtly and the, you know, the crop circles is, is like I said, a calling card. Now, these crop circles are everywhere. They're in the middle of the ocean or, you know, the, the energy, energizing of the vortexes are everywhere around the earth, uh, including in the ocean and what have you. And that technology going forward or the energi energizing of our magnetic grid around the earth will be used going forward in our technologies of uh, light, our technologies of healing, our technologies of transportation, and things like that going forward. So they're busy working on our behalf, and we're just nowhere near understanding how this is all going to come into play uh, as, as things go on. And then the, the light patterns, too, that I understand are created by Maitreya and the Space Brothers working together. Could you tell us a little bit more about those, Cindy, and where we can find them? The, um, the circles of light or the light patterns are basically viewable everywhere. I've seen them all over the U.S. and what have you. They are manifested by the Space Brothers in cooperation and in conjunction with Maitreya. Um, they're a crop circle, but not a crop circle, if that makes sense. What the Space Brothers do is they modify the windows so that the reflection coming off of them is this pattern of a circle with a cross in it often. These are very easy to find. I see them all over Massachusetts and all over uh you know, New York City and San Francisco when I've been out there. When the sun is low in the sky, the sun reflects off of the windows of various buildings. And the re reflection that comes off of those windows is pretty phenomenal. They're beautiful. They're dynamic. Um, they're very easy to find. Very good. Well, I'm sure our audience will be looking for them more. And I'm always on lookout for them myself. And going back to, say, the missions and the aims and the purpose of the Space Brothers visits, I'm not necessarily privy to that information, nor are you. But often, when they do appear, humans seem to react with fear. And they, of course, don't want us having... <clears throat> A coronary or a stroke or panicking out of fear and so they disappear and so mm, any any suggestions uh, Cindy on what we could do if we saw a UFO what would be a more appropriate way to respond wave and say hi um, not to um, you know I'm being funny but to not to react to them fearfully they are here to help. They've only got humanity's best interest in mind. 
And so they are doing incredible work. And, and we have no clue as to all the other things they are doing. They're doing a lot of work with Maitreya and the Masters of Wisdom um, that we have no clue about. But we do see, you know, the work that they have been doing in terms of um, the creating of crop circles is like a, a calling card that they leave behind. The other thing that they're doing, of course, is to mitigate the pollution, the nuclear radiation, um, energizing the grid. They're acting as Maitreya's uh, star in the heavens to pave the way for his emergence. And uh, they're doing a lot, you know, as part of the forces of light, the those coming to help us on earth. We are significantly behind the rest of the universe. Um, we've been making a lot of mistakes evidently. So our spiritual growth is not as quick as others in the, uh, in our solar system. There is humanity on every planet in our solar system. And obviously um, the space brothers most of our visitors are from Mars and Venus, occasionally Jupiter, occasionally Saturn is my understanding. Um, but, you know, everybody's looking out for Earth and Earth humanity and and trying to you know, help us out and help us to grow faster and quicker. And and I'm sure that they'll be probably pretty instrumental going forward as as humanity's consciousness continues to expand. Hmm. And as, as you may be able to tell some of the audience listening to Cindy, she became involved with this work and with this study years before I did. And as a reflection of that, she's anticipated some of the things I wanted to talk about. And one of those is the crop circles and their connection to the emergence. I like the way you put that idea of the calling card it's as if, as Ben Krem put it, once they've created the, uh, the uh, crop circle, we hope you like the drawing. It's as if they're saying that to humanity. Because it it's, it's a piece of art. Um, Cindy, in addition to what you told us about uh, the connection to the, you know, the emergence and the world teacher and the masters of wisdom, are some of the Space Brothers masters of wisdom? Do they have masters of wisdom on their planets too? Yes. Um... Maitreya is the head of our spiritual hierarchy. He doesn't come alone. He comes with uh, the master Jesus, the master who was the Madonna, the master known as John the Beloved. I'm using Christian names only because most people in the U.S. have heard these names before. They're coming to humanity to, to help us through this next transition. We're going into the age of Aquarius. There's a new set of energies coming coming together cooperation, cohesiveness, bringing together unity. And that's one of the keynote messages for the, the new age, the, the coming age that Maitreya will emphasize is sharing, the necess necessity for sharing, sharing resources with each other, because through that, we end up creating a level of trust in, you know, between ourselves when we, you know, just like when you sit around the dinner table, you know, you're not going to feed some of you and not others. It's um, a meal for the whole family. And it's the same here. This is a meal for all of humanity. This is uh, the, the masters of wisdom, the Maitreya. They're coming forward to nourish humanity, to help us to... Um, encourage us in our growth, our spiritual growth, and to bring into this world a much better world. You know, we look around now and, and it's kind of depressing when you watch the news at night, of course. Well, that will begin to shift. And we're starting to see shifts now in, um, you know, people wanting justice, wanting peace, wanting tranquility. And, you know, as those voices get louder and, you know, things shift, 
we will be experiencing a much better world. We'll be experiencing, um, you know, beautification of our cities going forward. Uh, all kinds of things that a shift in, in consciousness will bring about. So to wrap up our discussion, um, we've talked about it and we hope that we have intrigued you with the notion of the Space Brothers' role here on the planet, and that is to help out their younger brothers, inspiring us in all avenues of life and helping us clean up the planet so that we can continue on our evolutionary journey and reach the same august level of development that our brethren from the other planets have. This story is only just beginning, even though this episode is over. We'll see you again here at Planetary Makeover, and we'll have Cindy back on again, too. Thank you, Cindy, and thank you, everyone. We'll see you again soon. Visit us on Facebook at hashtag Planetary Makeover. This show has been a production of planetarymakeover.org. At our website, we have a link to our bi-weekly live show at 5 p.m. Mondays Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. At our website, we also have a link to our archives and a selection of our shows. For more background info, visit www.shareinternationalwest.org. That's shareinternational-west.org. O-R-G. For related books in DVDs and CDs by Benjamin Krem on the emergence of Maitreya, the world teacher, please go to share-ecart.com. That's share-ecart.com. We also invite you to watch another show that we really love entitled, What in the World is Happening? And that show, which you don't want to miss, is produced by Share International Canada. And it airs every second Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time. The link to check it out is share-international.ca or visit the Share International Canada Facebook page.